0: Is it all in your head? Let's break your mindset blocks to start, grow, and monetize your podcast right here, right now. It's On Air Brands. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the on-air brand show. I am Taj along with my co-host Amber Furman. Amber, what's going on?
1: Oh my gosh, it's so good to be back. If um you forgot my name, I would understand.
0: <laughs> well, you know, Wait you're out minute. there. You're, you know, you're doing very important work out there. You know, protecting the people, representing them, and you know, doing your thing in court, lawyering it up.
1: You know, I just feel like with holidays and all that stuff, like we, I, I lost contact with so many people. So it's good to be here. I'm so excited. Yeah,
0: well, we're excited to have you back and and really dial in on your expertise of the mindset stuff today. Uh, going through, we're going to go through in in a couple sections. And you know, right before we came on, I'm thinking we may end up because you know how we can run our mouths here. Uh, we may end up having to make this into about. a two parter. Um, but we'll see. So we're we're planning this discussion around three sections for you guys. It is uh first off getting started with your show, the 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 mental blocks around that and how to overcome them. Then getting consistent with your show, getting guests and all that kind of stuff and then talking about how to, you know, really stay true to growing your show and monetizing your show uh through your business or whatever. Um and Amber's going to take us through those mindset blocks and and really, you know, expertise of overcoming mindset blocks. So for everybody here, you know, it's it's New Year, so maybe a lot of uh, resolutions around starting a show, but a lot of the things people think about that hold them back are, you know, no one's going to listen to me, I don't know what I'm doing, I don't have anything to say, all that, all that kind of stuff. So break it down for us, Amber, how do, how do we overcome these kind of self-limiting beliefs when it comes to starting a show?
1: Yeah. So I think that the most important thing as we get started, and we're going to go through these different sections as your show progresses. um, But the most important thing is being honest with yourself about what it is you're experiencing and what it is that you're feeling and understanding that you are in no way alone. Like um I get asked a lot when I do podcast interviews what's one thing that you wish you would have known when you started? And my answer is always that nobody knows what the hell they're doing, right? We're just <laughs> figuring it out as we go. And that goes for business, it goes well, for I was going to say that's the, the answer to that everything. question is the same
0: for everything, yes. Exactly.
1: So if you're sitting back there saying I don't know what I'm doing, then just join the club of successful people who did it anyways. And exactly. and I think and that, that's, that's the, the real biggest key. thing.
0: Yeah. Doing yeah, it I anyway. think that's the
1: biggest thing is just do it. So through all of this, as we go through these tips, just remember that nothing I say matters if you don't take action and be willing to say stupid things and fall on your face and be imperfect and learn and grow and just embrace that vulnerability of imperfection. So as we go through these, just remember that. Mm-hmm. And I know Todd and I have both been in this situation where And what am I at? Almost 250 episodes at this point. If I go back and listen to episode one, I cringe. Like sometimes I go back and listen to episode 150 and I cringe, right? Because we continue to grow. So just remember that.
0: Yeah. And also Um, depending on your topics too, like, you know, we, we are pretty good with our evergreen conversations in this because we're talking about just like valuable content, like creating valuable content and running a business. But, you know, I'm also in the marketing world, which is changing like by the week based on privacy settings, laws, Algorithm changes, technology changes, behavioral changes in society, like and that, like that kind of stuff is like we all look back and like, oh man, I can't believe that's the stuff I was talking about like a couple years ago. But it's like, um, the, what was it called, the Overton window, right? It's like, yeah, at that time period, those things were okay. So like, also keeping in mind, like you're gonna look back and cringe because just at that time period, it was okay. You can't compare your, you know, you, you know, you could just be happy that you're getting better.
1: Yeah, absolutely, one hundred percent. So. Let's go ahead and dig into the getting started phase. First, Mm -hmm. no one will ever listen to me. Um, We just finished the holidays. Most of us just spent time with family. I can almost guarantee you that there is somebody in your family that will disagree with you when you say (laughs) that you don't have anything to say, right? So we all have something that we want to say, something that we want to get out there. If we don't, then you wouldn't even be having these thoughts of wanting to start a podcast.
0: Exactly. Exactly. You
1: have something to say and there's somebody there that out there that wants to listen to it and engage in conversation. Um, There are all of these niches of things out in the world. And if people can make, This amazing show, reviewing, like, what was it that we were talking about when we were on a PodMax show one day? And we were talking about somebody that was going through all of an old discontinued TV show and watching them from the very beginning and, like, narrating them in, like, the way it would be today. Oh, yeah, that's right, yeah. Yeah, I don't remember what show it was, but that's creative and different and you're, it's not even original content, right? You're taking somebody else's content and you're just putting your spin on it. There's no wrong way to do it. And you talk about things every single day. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah.
0: And another tip for that, like, so that's, um, you know, doing that kind of show stuff, like, although, you know, usually when we're talking here and we're talking to our audience's business, like the way that we can spin that into the business industry and something that I advise all of our clients is take, news or trends or whatever, right? Like whatever the top publications in your industry are, like what kind of news or insights or trends do they have uh, that they're publishing every week and just piggyback off of that, right? Like do your show that week. And it doesn't even have to be like a news show. Like you're not breaking the news. You're saying like, this is what's happening in the industry. Here's my commentary on it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And if you're doing this as part of a business to support for marketing purposes, you have a unending list of content. And that's every question that anybody has ever called you and asked. Um, Remember when we were in elementary school and high school and we are like, I don't want to ask that question. It's stupid. And then somebody else asked the question and you're like, thank God somebody else asked this question. So I didn't have to. Um, If somebody has asked you a question, I guarantee you that they're not the only one that needs to know it. So take that information and turn it into something. So you absolutely have something to say. Yeah. Um
0: and Rob's chiming in here in the chat with a, a great point, you know, another thing is that people think nobody will listen. Well, no one's going to listen if you never start publishing in the first place, right? Yes. Like you're never going to know. And like you said Amber, if you're having thoughts that you want to start a show, just take action and do it. The minimum viable action to get stuff out there and and practice and see what happens, you know. And uh, to circle back on the point you said before about like there's other people talking about stuff or who's going to want to listen to me. One, one of my coaches, my main coach, like he suggests like go and listen to other people, listen to me multiple times, listen to other people because a couple things. One, you might just prefer the style of the way another person talks about something and the same thing goes for you, right? Like if you're publishing stuff, even if you're talking about the same topic, the way that you talk about it and your perspective and the way you approach it, Is going to be slightly different no matter what from anybody else that's talking about it and you might be the way that it clicks for a certain percentage of the target audience right so that's number one um and number two is that the same thing like maybe you hear something from person a today and like two three months later you've been ruminating on it and then person b's episode comes out and it clicks with you that day so it's like that same person they just needed to hear it at a different time a different way Um, and so just getting out there, getting the message out, like it will click with the right people when you just put yourself out there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So no one will ever listen to me. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't have anything to say. Those kind of all wrap up into the same thing of you have something to say. Nobody knows what they're doing. So join the
0: club. And
1: if you talk, people will listen. Yeah. You you know, what's super
0: interesting about, so I have a, a five and two year old and like watching them develop into little humans is like they're a very exaggerated and dramatic version of adults. And it makes it so abundantly clear, like what blocks adults from doing things, but because they throw a tantrum on the floor and make it very obvious where as adults we have, you know, we, we brainwash ourselves to act uh, appropriately and normally around limiting beliefs. But over the weekend we were doing this like directed drawing, like basically the YouTube video where like this dude and his daughter he teaches her, he teaches you how to draw. And they're like five minute videos of like a unicorn donut and like very simplistic things that like a five-year-old can do. But like- a 39-year-old. Right, exactly. And my five-year-old, like her circle for the donut wasn't perfect. And like the dude, of course, like this guy's like a professional artist or whatever. Like he drew a circle and then another circle for the donut and it like connected perfectly. So she literally like, (laughs) put her head down in her arms and like started crying because within the first four seconds of the video, her circle wasn't perfect compared to that guy. And it's like, man, don't we all feel that way? But like, we don't necessarily throw ourselves on the ground and bury our heads in our arms or sometimes we do, but you know, to see that. And of course it's obvious to me, I'm like, like, first of all, even though it's not a perfect circle, it's still good enough for the donut we're about to draw in pencil in our living room. Like it doesn't make it like that slight imperfection is irrelevant and unnoticeable. And also you've never drawn a un a unicorn donut before. So like, of course it's not going to look exactly perfect. And it's not going to look exactly like the professional artist who's on the TV. And that's exactly the same thing when it comes to creating your show, whether it's a podcast or like you said, any topic, it's like when we get started Like we can't expect ourselves to be perfect and we might even be judging ourselves too harshly. We're like what we're looking at as, oh, this isn't perfect and exactly what I thought it was going to be. Maybe it doesn't even matter. Maybe it's just like chocolate or vanilla. Like, you know, people have different opinions. It doesn't make a difference. There's not perfect or imperfect. It's just, it's just this way or that way.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, that also goes back to so many different um, areas of life. And the one that's popping into my head right now is is the nutrition journey that I'm on. Mm. Um, because I got taken um, out of the habit of saying good food and bad food, right? Mm -hmm. Nothing is good and nothing is bad. It either supports your goals or it doesn't. And because your goals aren't the same as anybody else's, any show that you produce isn't good or bad. It's just areas for improvement Mm -hmm. and it either supports your goals or it doesn't. So I would actually um, encourage everybody who's starting to take that word bad out of their language when they talk about their show because it exists and that makes it good in and of itself. And then you get to decide what those areas for improvement are to be able to move them closer to your goals.
0: Yeah, I love that. Awesome. So So, where are we on this list here? Let's see. Why would anyone want to talk to me? My, My audience isn't big enough all that kind of stuff. How do we get over those, those blocks?
1: So I think this is going to apply specifically to people who want to have guests on their show. And there's a couple of different thoughts around this. Some people will say, Hey, I need to get my show started um, before I can invite guests on. I started with guests from the very beginning and I just reached out to the badass business owners that I know the people that are in my community and in my area. And here's what I didn't understand when I started about the media world. And I know that I'm going to like blow some secrets here. So sorry to all the media people out there. Um, There are a ton of people who have amazing things to say that have great, great pieces of information and are experts in their field that have never been in front of a camera that are, have never been on shows and haven't gotten themselves out there very similar to you as the podcast host that just got starting. Those people are looking for an audience, whether that's one or a hundred or whether it's zero and they just get a video of them talking to you for social proof purposes. Mm-hmm. Like people will want to talk to you. Why do you think people do book, t- book tours when they, when they write a book? It's not because they think they're going to sell books through the media that they do
0: right
1: it's because of what happens after that based upon the fact that they had the conversation with you so get that out of your head you have this valuable platform. And it took me about a hundred episodes to really start to embrace the value of what I had created in providing a place for somebody to come talk about them, their business, and the change that they make
0: in the world. So embrace
1: that and share it.
0: And you also don't even need to have a huge audience for the guest to get value out of it. When I started one of my previous shows, um, I, you know, I was a a couple episodes in, I think maybe a dozen people listened to it. And um, I had a great guest on who's ha- who had a great program for sale. and we had an awesome half hour conversation, very content driven, valuable of, in and of itself. And at the end, he, ha- he offered a free, you know free um, guide or whatever it was. And I know because I basically knew all the people listening to the show, but I knew, I actually think, I think two of the like literally 12 people who listened to the show signed up for the free thing and then bought the like three $500 program that followed up on that because they listened to the show. And it's like, all right, that that guest just made $1,000 in a 30 minute conversation with me and my show had 12 listeners, you know? So Don't worry about how big your audience is. If your guest comes bringing value, you know, then, and it also goes to show like when you know how to guest on a show properly, it can help drive your business. Uh, But you don't need a huge audience to give value to having a guest.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And so there are two little pieces of information that were told to me when I started um, that I want to share. And the first was actually from Gary V. Um, his book. When I first started um, moving into business ownership with the law firm, and I didn't know anything about marketing or business ownership or really life outside of law school, um, Gary V.'s book was the first one that I read. His book, "Crush It," mm-hmm. and um, he he has this this saying of. Um, One is better than zero. And for a long time, that sat there. If only one person listens to the show, even if that person is your mom, like that is better than zero. If you make an impact on one person, like would you rather have three or four really dedicated listeners or a million people that you don't know that? don't actually take action right and you
0: know this brings up a good point this could you know starting a show to have your parents listen might answer the age-old question of how your parents could finally understand what it is that you do for a living
1: yes exactly i get told that all the time do you even work mom you work more than i can (laughs) explain to you i just travel a lot while i do it so it looks like vacation um the other thing is that if you reach out to a guest um and they tell you no. Number one, that doesn't mean no. It just means not right now. Mm. Um, but number two, if that person returns and says, let me get some information on your show. How many episodes have you published? What are your downloads? How many um, How many listens do you have? All of that stuff it's not to be offensive. It's that their goals and how they decide what podcasts to come on are different than where you are at in your journey Mm -hmm. right now. And those people probably aren't the right person for your show. So it's best to understand that now, put them on a list that you can reach out to later when you are able to answer those questions. But I remember the first time somebody came back at me and said, well how many how many listeners do you have and i thought what an offensive question what does it matter i'm offering you a platform right but people reach a point where they have to strategically choose where they're spending the limited time that they have exactly because they're getting so many requests to be on podcasts it's not it's easy for us as podcasters when we're first starting to hear it as well, God, I don't even want to come on your show if you don't have very many listeners. Like, why would I waste my time? Right. When in reality, what they're saying is I have a limited resource that I need to strategically place somewhere. And in order to make an educated decision, I need to know how many listeners you have.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And you know, um, the Smart Passive Income podcast with uh, Pat Flynn, Lewis House is the guest uh, this in this week's episode. It's it's SPI 541. If you guys are interested in checking it out, it, there's a lot of great tips for people with shows in that episode. Lewis is the host of School of Greatness, which um, has grown to multiple millions of views per month. Um, and he talks about how he did that with his YouTube channel and all that stuff. But he talks about how he gets guests. And this dude has been just like the picture of consistency and growth over the last how 10 years or however long he's had his show, School of Greatness. But he talked about, you know, he does get these major celebrities like Kevin Hart, but he's also been trying to get The Rock on his show for like eight years. He's consistently following up with, with his team. He said they have they actually have the same agent, the same like lawyer or something like they have mutual connections. He's eight like and yet he still hasn't been able to get him on the show. And it's like they're obviously The Rock is like one of the biggest stars in the world. But um It's like you just continue to be consistent and try to make as many connections and add value and all that kind of stuff. And like eventually, you know, when you look at the list of people on his show, it's like because he was consistently following up, being persistent, adding value, building a platform, building credibility so that people would be interested. But like he started like everybody else with no listeners. And he even talks about it when he started. It's like, He said, I'm going to start this. I'm going to do it for a year for myself because I'm just curious about these topics and I want to have interesting conversations with people and we'll see what happens, right? Like he started with zero with nothing.
1: You know, and I did a podcast um, in person a little while ago on Jake Gallen's podcast here in Las Vegas that was actually just released. um, I think the episode released last week and he did it in his studio apartment downtown in Las Vegas. And I showed up and thought, man, I've been wanting to do an in-person podcast for a while, but I didn't want to bring someone to my house in Mm. my extra bedroom. So I asked him, I said, have you ever had guests that have refused to do the show because you're in the studio apartment? Did you know before
0: you showed up that it was his apartment? No,
1: I thought that it was a studio space downtown. Right, right. Um, And... I asked him that, and he said, no, it's been exactly the opposite. He's like, I've had the Wynn Brothers in here, which are, if you guys aren't familiar with Vegas, it's a huge, um, the Wynn Casino. Um, He says, I've had the Frittata Brothers in here, which are the founders of the UFC, and they're huge. And he says, it's a conversation piece, because they look around and they say, I remember what it was like when we were working out of our studio apartment, like the grind and the hustle. So trying to make yourself the... The uh, mental incongruency that you get Mm. when you're starting your podcast normally comes from trying to make yourself seem like you are bigger and more experienced than you actually are. When you are completely transparent about where you are in your journey, there are always people at all parts of of the journey that are willing to help you grow, Um, but that, that incongruency stops you sometimes when you're trying to make yourself sound like you're more advanced on the journey than you are.
0: Yeah. And it goes back to what we always say is just being authentic and and vulnerable and that's also how, you know, help comes along and guidance and support because yeah. if they think you don't need it, then they're not going to offer it or give it to you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, this goes into the idea of consistency and guests if you are going to have them. Um and this is really where we could spend a ton of time. Um obviously from how much we have to say about this, this is going to have to be a multi yeah, multi-section yeah we're, show. we're starting
0: to push up on time here. So I think we can um, knock out one or two and then we'll follow up again next week.
1: Um, The biggest thing that I think I want to address on this is taking it's taking too much time and is it worth it to me? And mm. if you're asking yourself those questions, then you need to take a real reality check to the fact that podcasting is a long term mm-hmm. game. It's not a short term solution yep. and that it is a relationship building platform, not A revenue driving platform in the very beginning. It can be revenue driving and we'll get to that in another episode. But in the beginning, it has to be about, well, all the time it has to be about relationships, but definitely in the beginning. Um, So I would say, look at the non-monetary wins that you're getting, the people that you're meeting, the people that you're having conversations with. The other thing that I would suggest is taking a look at how much money you have to invest in your podcast versus how much time you have, because each person is going to be different on the scale of money to time resources. I know that if I had not invested in a podcast um, editor in the very beginning, Mm. I would not have a show right now because if I was editing my own podcast, it never would have gotten released because my brain would have picked apart every imperfection in the podcast. And I would have spent seven hours editing a 30 minute podcast and had two minutes left.
0: And this all comes down to knowing yourself and knowing how you're going to feel about putting, putting things out because I'm the opposite. I'm like super lean. I, I didn't care about it being edited. Um, you know, from a, from a words standpoint or even like a production, I don't want to say production quality. Like, it's not like I'm like sitting in, in, you know, in a, in a Starbucks recording and it's all super loud or anything. Like it's, you know, always been decent sound, but like, I'm not running any kind of, you know, software to enhance the sound of my voice or anything like that. I'm not trimming or clipping. Like I'm just running through creating substance. Like that's, it really all comes down to the substance of the content for your audience to enjoy what you're putting out. And excuse me. See, that's not going to get edited out of the show. (laughs) Um, But if you're not comfortable in putting stuff out, then you're not going to be confident when you're recording. And that energy is going to come across in the show, right? And like, you're probably going to trip up even more and then it'll cause even more problems. So you have to be, you know, have the self-awareness of, all right, if I want to be consistent and I want it to sound and be like perfect, very high quality, I'm going to need to hire an editor. Or if you are saying, like, I'm cool with a lot of ums and ahs and tripping and like correcting myself and like getting a little phlegm in my throat, as long as it doesn't take away from the substance of the content, then like know yourself and then invest appropriately.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So when I started my podcast, it was audio only. And even now that it's video, I record it and I don't listen to it until after it's already published because I know myself enough to say, if I listen to this, I'm I'm going to be upset, excuse me, that I burped in the middle of my podcast, yeah, like see a perfect time. Yeah, no, um, I'm going to, I'm going to be upset that I said this instead of this. And so I send it off to my editor and once it's out into the world, it's not coming back. But once I started doing video, which I would highly suggest from the very beginning, I was so uncomfortable on video and it turns out that. When you're talking on a microphone and you don't have your video on, it doesn't make you any more comfortable on video. Like the longer that you have an audio (laughs) show, it doesn't get easier to get on video. That discomfort still exists. If you are the person who is uncomfortable on video and you are constantly wanting to go back and edit, my biggest suggestion to you would be to do live streams and publish those live streams because you are going to have to get used to imperfection because you can't take it back. It's live. So that would be my biggest, my biggest suggestion to somebody who's getting started and wants a limited amount of time and resources is live stream it. And then you can decide how much time and money resources you want to put in the promotional material that we can talk about on another episode.
0: Yeah. And just real quick to wrap up, like you, you touched on this and I want to just pull the thread a little bit, but it's figuring out what are the quick wins that are going to make you feel good and give you momentum to keep going that are not. One, that are realistic, but two, not m- tied to monetization, right? Because you're not going to start making money right away. It's very unlikely um, if it's your first show, first episode ever, you've never done something like this. Um, so one, what are quick wins that are not like quick, like a quick win to feel good is I'm committed to publishing 10 episodes in the next 10 weeks, Right. And just the fact that you're doing it and you stay on track is going to help you feel good and build momentum. And then once you get those reps in, you'll start getting better. Or I'm committed to having really great conversations with interesting people that I want to build relationships with. And the quick win is going to be that I'm getting a guest on the show that I can now develop a relationship with. And now that's a true, you know, that's true value beyond just the process, but creating something for you to build and grow upon. So, finding those quick wins um that you can feel good and build momentum is going to be really huge for uh becoming consistent and then continuing to grow your show. And so, with that, make sure you guys are subscribed on airbrands.com/show to get on the email list. We got a free a free guide there, all the episodes, and uh you can subscribe on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, Facebook, all those places because next week we will go through all the mental blocks around growing, marketing and monetizing your show. We'll talk about you know, the fear of self-promotion, why and how to ask people to share so that you could spread further and faster, how you can start to ask for and make money through your show, all that kind of good stuff. So make sure you're subscribed, onairbrands.com slash show. If you're ready to get over your own mental hurdles and start or grow your show, go to onairbrands.com and talk to Eric to uh, get your show strategized and launched with the guys there. They do a great job and we will catch you guys on the next episode. you are now tuned in to the honor